1: This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to All Elite Wrestling and the Elite Extended Universe. I'm A.B., I watched too many Chalance Royale matches this week, and
0: uh, that's it. I'm joined by uh, Mike. What's up, Mike? I, I was going to say that that was a pretty powerful trill coming out of you. Thanks. Thanks. Uh- That was pretty powerful. Uh, Hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Mike Spears. Uh, You know, it's gotten really cold out, like surprisingly cold for this time of year. Like, we're going to get below freezing already, which kind of surprised me. But, you know, I also have watched some Chalante Royal matches, and she should be all elite. So, you know, your attention is not uh, wasted, I would say. Aaron, how are you? Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Um...
1: Nate, yeah. your favorite wrestler with a singing gimmick.
2: Okay. Wrestlers with singing. You got the honky-tonk man. Yeah. You got Aiden English. Sure. You got the Joe Hendry, does, I does, think. Does he have a singing it, gimmick? Brit is he real? Who was signed to Ring of Honor, uh, but never appeared, I think. Elias? Um, so it's none of them. Elias, not him. <laughs> Oh, this is it's Do the up, up girls. Up? It's the fucking up up girls. No. <laughs> what a silly question. Sorry. I mean that's not I mean maybe maybe you're disqualified because that's not a gimmick, as Cody Rodz would say. That's real. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's member awesome of... not some fake wrestling shit. <laughs> um it, I mean it's either it's either Noah or Mew. Yeah. I mean I like I like Raku too. But uh, you know, Mew and, and Noah both making big waves recently um you know but it's pretty common to be a tokyo joshi pro wrestler and and make big waves across the world
1: oh you're exactly right uh one wait am i supposed to do we spoil dark on this show i think we can spoil the youtube shows right also they
2: they posted all over their own twitters about it so
1: yeah one may saruga is in the united states folks so that's exciting for the month that she'll be on dark and Never on anything else.
2: Yeah, well, uh, better to be, <laughs> I suppose, uh, on dark for a month than be Riho and be on dark for a year and a half. <laughs> your whole fucking life. Yeah, um, Mike. That's right, folks. We're getting right back into it.
1: <laughs> Mike, uh, these complaints have heard before. Your favorite
0: singing gimmick for a wrestler. Well. And a little promotion called Dragon Gate. There's a character called wow. Karaoke Machine. Do you
2: we know, all have really you heard all of this are on one our Aaron? bullshit this week? Yes. Have we you are heard this our... Dragon Gate, Aaron? Before? No. Okay. I'm not. No. Yeah. You'll have to. You'll have to help us out, Mike, because we don't know. Um, Th- does one have they're... to
0: open it to be good? What well, one would say that that's the only gate that's forbidden right now. <laughs> Ooh.
2: Unless you're Pro wrestling Noah, I think.
0: Yeah, but that's Nosawa. And really, uh, do we have... Nosawa to... has...
2: A, he has a skeleton key to all gates.
0: I mean, Nosawa makes moves. Uh, we, I could spend the next hour just talking about the greatness of Nosawa, wrong guy, and his business acumen, but uh, no. Uh, but yeah, no, my favorite of up girl, Nate, as you were about to say, I think you were about to ask there, Raku.
2: Okay. Well, I'm glad she's being represented um, uh, on the podcast here, because, of course, when we... Met the up up girls, Aaron. Uh You selected Miu, and I selected Noah when we were getting our special prize winning autographs. So Mike's got Raku covered, so that's great. Three of them. and um, they've each got a fave? I
1: actually, I actually selected Raku when we met the uh, when we met the up girls. Oh shit! You're oh, right. You oh, did. Fuck. <laughs> we have to fight now. We're gonna have
2: to fight. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I'll, I can take. I'll I definitely pick thought. I, that's I definitely fun. thought you picked Miu. Okay.
1: Okay. Well what happened was well that's
2: i think that's probably you know me muse the red she's kind of like the the main protagonist character of the unit and you're our, the host of this show i think it
1: you had just picked Noah, or i don't know it was just like i felt like raku had to be the pick in the moment and it worked out uh we had a very difficult conversation between two people who did not speak each other's languages mm. uh so
2: i a great talking to, to hikari noah um uh we agreed eat and yawn. Hmm. it and yawn, right because we were gonna be at the one sure, yeah. four show. Absolutely. Um we did a high touch. <laughs> this is pre-COVID, is, folks. Which is Japanese for high five. Um and yeah, there uh, that's all I remember.
1: Shocking now looking back, I was gonna say shockingly, Raku didn't Kentucky didn't mean anything to her. But now that I think about it, actual shockingly that Kentucky didn't trigger like, you know, KFC to Raku very big in japan oh
2: that's true it's a big christmas thing i think yeah uh but do they necessarily uh connect it to kentucky or is it just like a brand unto itself
1: right it that may not that word may not mean like may not trigger anything it's just like okay also could they just might think of it as kfc rather than kentucky fried chicken exactly yeah uh hard to say. Well, I'm glad we've talked about our favorite singing wrestlers. Uh mine, obviously, uh Master P,
2: my favorite <laughs> <singing> wrestler. <laughs> Not uh <laughs> Jerry only will play bass. I'm sorry, who? Jerry only. Misfits. Yeah, I don't think he's saying, anyway, that I'm, much. I'm okay. I'm gonna double back. Uh second place for me is ICP. When I, AW I does the big uh when they do their big trios tournament for the trios titles, we need a team of ICP and Nosawa.
0: Be still my heart. <laughs> I love ICP. They're very cool. Uh,
1: okay, we're going to kick this show off with some news and get excited because this is podcast news, folks. Uh, this is the uh, penultimate episode of Everything Elite on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Uh, This is episode 148. Episode 149 will be our last episode on this network. Uh, Starting from episode 150, you will only be able to get this podcast on the Everything Elite uh, dedicated feed, whatever, just like our individual feed. That feed is going to stay the same. If you subscribe to that feed already, you're good. You're going to be able to get the podcast like you always have. If you don't, subscribe to it now to make sure you get it. Uh, we're also going to be using uh, YouTube more, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to have some new stuff on there, uh, and we're on, you know, all the all the apps. So get on there. Uh, nothing is going to change about the show, except as Nate has pointed out, we'll probably have uh, less ads on the show, uh, no, no mid-roll ads and things like that uh, going forward. So that'll be exciting. But as far as your experience as the listener uh it should be very much the same uh it's something we've been discussing for a long time and simply decided this was the right time for us to try something out on our own and uh see how it goes so that's it just make sure you're subscribed to the individual everything elite feed that's it yeah we that's- hope
2: you'll uh you'll hope, uh, follow along with us to the same solo feed
0: yeah and- <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we're on if you're not just doing the feeds uh itunes uh google podcasts we're now on audible i discovered i got us on audible today uh, does
2: that make us uh authors now or are we technically audiobook authors this is a book well, yes yeah i
0: think this is a book now yeah we're now technically authors and then also spotify and uh looking into other things so if you don't do it through like a podcatcher. then there's other options there and as aaron said we're going to really kind of ramp up youtube as well so if you're someone who listens on youtube we have our individual youtube page uh we will have more links to that on our twitter profile just go to everything aew on twitter and you'll find everything there
1: how exciting that's all true so uh just stay on the ride with us it's going to be fun uh you can find us at Everything AEW on Twitter, we'll, you know, I'm sure post more stuff about this on there. I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate's at Epidacis. Mike's at Fujiheya. Uh, subscribe, as I just said. Just make sure you hit that individual feed. Even if you subscribe today, even though we're not uh, going to be uh, on the just the individual feed until I think it's November 17 is the one. It's the weekly show right after Full Gear. That'll be our first fully independent show. And we have a... Uh, special surprise planned for that show so get excited uh nate was momentarily unsure of what the special surprise well no it's,
2: I, uh, j-pop in the chat guessed what the special surprise is and that i'm i'm gonna stream final fantasy 14 for everybody and just uh not engage at all or, or chat or do any commentary or anything you can just uh you know watch me run around
0: that's exactly right that's gonna well, be happening what we're gonna what we're going to do is going to be Nate's Gameplay, and I'm going to pull Nate's Gameplay while Aaron and I just unrelatedly talk about that week's Dynamite.
1: Well, you know, friend of the show, Wikifaze, has recently gone onto Twitch, so we can get a lot of tips, uh, perhaps, from Wikifaze about the best ways to uh, stream things. He's not doing games or anything. He's just talking about music, uh, which, from my perspective, is cooler.
2: If he would like to play... I'll do a collaboration with him if we play games. I know that's Ooh. a huge draw. Uh, me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I will yeah, say. That does, does amuse me greatly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will say uh, Wickaface has put over EE big on the Wickaface Twitch streams. So a uh, big fan of our of our podcast and a great supporter of ours and we of his. So. It's uh, very mutually exciting. Uh, If you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating interview. going to be even more important now, folks. We need more people to find us. So, you know, help us out in that endeavor. Uh, And, of course, the best way to support the show, if you'd like to, is head over to patreon.com slash everything elite. Nothing's going to change about Patreon either. So, um, jump over there. Okay, let's uh, do what we do on this show. We're going to talk about our... Most favorite and least favorite things from the show in a little segment we call Elite or Delete. Nate, what was your favorite thing from this week's episode?
2: Well, Aaron, my favorite uh segment from this episode of Dynamite was the big Codyism match. Codyism is back. Everybody get back on board. Andrade, El Idolo versus Cody Rhodes. Uh with the tablet guy and with Arne in a ringside. Uh, I don't know what it was. As soon as... No, I do know. There there were two things that immediately got me excited about this match. Uh, One, Andrade, pretty good music. Uh, And he just starts making his entrance. He starts taking off his clothes. He takes off his mask. And they shoot him, like, real tight, but... I don't know, he's like... His whole upper body, his triceps, his shoulders look huge, fills the whole frame, and he's just got, like, a big fucking star look on his face. Uh, and I was like, yes, we were worried about Andrade for a little bit. They had some weird ideas with, the, with Vicky Guerrero, and with Chavo Guerrero Jr. Uh, and he didn't have a, you know, great first couple of outings. Uh, but he came out here, and I feel like we, we got him on the rails now. We've got the guy who has the potential to be a big star and you can just fucking see the confidence in this guy. Even when he's just walking to the ring, he fills up the frame of the camera like a big star. So that immediately got me hyped about this. Uh, And then Cody Rhodes making his big ACE entrance. uh, And I just, I was struck. I've heard it, you know, we've heard it many times now, but the Mikey ruckus orchestral remix of the downstate Cody Rhodes song is so phenomenal and it gets me so hype and it, <laughs> I don't know. It's just got such a grand, like epic arena filling feeling. Uh, and yet still has like kind of that pro wrestling, butt rock core at the middle of it. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's got giant synth trumpets on it. Uh, and just hearing it, <laughs> Really put me in a mood to enjoy this match. Uh, and then I thought it was a really, really great match. Um, you know, both these guys worked hard. They had, I think, uh, unusually good chemistry. Uh, and best of all, we got a, like the classic Codyism overbooking where Tablet Guy gets involved. Arn Anderson's got a knockout Tablet Guy. FTR is hiding under the ring with the AAA tag belts of all things. They knock out Cody when he's doing a dive. Uh, this was, I think maybe the main event between this and the main event was maybe the thing that the crowd reacted to the biggest. And during the ad break, especially the largest like dueling chance I heard of the night was let's go Cody (laughs) and Cody sucks. Uh, so if he's, if he wants to be John Cena, he's, he's, you know, getting there on that. Uh, and yeah, this just exceeded my expectations a considerable amount. And I was like, yes, Andrade wins. He's like weirdly pinnacle aligned now. Uh, and then we get a pretty decent angle here with, uh, you know, Aaron facing off with Tully and the Lucha Brothers running in to make the save. Most importantly uh, in that angle, Lucha Brothers with just fantastic sweaters on. It's like, wow, sweaters, sweaters can be cool. I should like go back and, and tell myself when I was a child, my mother would force me to wear a sweater to the, to the family Christmas or whatever. Like, no, sweaters can fucking look cool. So that's it. That's a elite to me.
0: It's something in this match that, like, their chemistry kind of surprised me a little bit, in a way. Like, there was, like, the sequence where uh, Andrade was going for Rouche's double knees in the corner. Like, he he's taken that, and he's used that as a move of his own. And Cody popped up and did a lariat, and it just looked really smooth and really awesome. And at that point, I kind of realized, like, oh, this is actually a really, really good match. And it was something that, to the point on the show, until the main event, it was my favorite match on the show. I thought that they worked really well there. Like the, the Cody, the strings in Mikey Ruckus orchestral production at Downstate's what gets me. I know it's the Synth Horns reunite, but I like hearing like the rising streams going into the chorus there. Really gets it going. And and, and then now it, it's kind of a thing with like now Cody, everyone takes a step back. It's the scenification of it. And we're like, okay, how's it going to be there? Crowd first started to be seemingly okay and then kind of as you said during the commercial break we're going more towards andrade and i thought this kind of all came off pretty interestingly and i like this idea of you have andrade who's clearly allied with malachi black and you also have andrade buying the services of ftr and i really enjoy the aspect of this that it's like the interconnectedness now of the heel uh the heel like armies in a way just really kind of appeals to me and it's something that like seeing andrade get his sea legs after like the really shaky first month here and of course some of that is that he got put into a great feud with pack and now we have this I, it, it's something that gets you more excited about this and like you we we see andrade and he's performing as our expectation of when he came into the promotion where we're like okay this is all really weird but you know andrade is a star it's gonna rock and then you know it was a couple steps back and then now it's like full force ahead and now i kind of feel like that if he's not at like the level anticipation of like stardom that i was when he came into the promotion he's he probably might be past it like it's something that it's just the whole entire thing is cool and then you know Arn and Tolly was just one of those things. I was like, they're going to keep on doing this until one of these two guys, you know, just, I, I don't want to say croaks, but like, one, it, it, as long as one of these two guys are around, they're going to be doing that. So I, I really enjoyed all of it. I, I totally get why you picked this night. Are you suggesting they're destined to do this forever? I mean, <laughs> there's someone who might be destined to do things forever that might be coming in soon. Ooh. Uh, longtime listeners of the show,
1: have been here for the a b loves Cody era longtime listeners of the show have been here for the a B hates Cody era and we have now entered the a B just doesn't really care about Cody era I can't get excited or 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 worked up about Cody so I'm not gonna fake it uh I have nothing to say about this
2: can you get worked up for the Mikey Ruckus orchestral remix of the Cody Rhodes theme song?
1: Well, I don't want to do the, I don't want to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do, which is bitch about how long this entr- in mm, entrance was as compared to the women's match on this show, which was like mm. half of the women's match was this entrance. Um, it, I got to say, they i'll i'll try to listen more closely next week it, it didn't stand out to me in any real way
2: hey do that or even better do yourself a favor and next time you're on the exercise bike or whatever put that on
1: yeah and just think it'll let, get it, me let going. it
2: flow through you it'll definitely get you going it gets the people going <laughs> uh yeah it, you know andrade i think also had a little more a little more snap a little more panache just on all those offense tonight like you know Uh, he just, he's just doing little idiosyncratic things in the ring where he's getting fired up after a move or whatever. And it's like, yes, this is the guy who's got the fucking personality, got the look, got the moves, got the talent, got the speed, got all of it. Um, and now, you know, they, they don't have a manager with them anymore. Uh, and you know, he came out on the last show and cut a very strong, uh, promo in English talking. So yeah, they got him online now. Again, you know, a lot of people make the snap judgments on the talents, in this company. Uh and it's almost never the talents, it's almost always how they're presented at first, at least. A lot of times they find out how they should be presented and they correct that, which is great. Uh but I'll never just assume that it's the talents fault that something isn't working.
1: Andrade is very cool. Uh I I mean I think I I think I was always pro Andrade. Uh I certainly was anti Andrade's presentation uh when he showed up. But yeah, I've always been an Andrade guy, it's like, uh, I just think, you know, Cody's probably going to win this feud because he always wins his feuds. So that makes me less excited about it. Uh, but it's, it's good, as, as Mike said, to see Andrade get his sea legs under him and see him really, really going in this company. Uh, it's very positive for the future. Mike, what was your favorite
0: thing from this show? So it's not a promo. It's not a match. It's not a brawl it's a shot that they had. It was during the MJF and Darby Allen brawl that just kind of just meandered as a lot of the brawls were tonight. It just it was not a very strong night for that and also a strong night for camera work until one moment, until they brawled into the crowd. He, uh, Darby had MJF reeling up against the barricade. He did the parting the seas. He shouted move, and he started walking back, and they went to the camera The fixed camera that was set up well that you could see straight down the aisle to MJF just like haggard, you know, getting his ass kicked. And then you see Darby sprint through this, do a awesome clothesline. They did a great cut to the impact there and MJF going ass over tea kettle over the barricade. And it was something that I felt like that with something that at this point in the show, I mean, we were close to 930. We've already seen some really meandering stuff. we we had some solid matches using meandering stuff, but then when when I saw like that shot or like that sequence of shots, I was like, all right, this is why pro wrestling is awesome. Because you could be able to capture something visually and you and the fact of that, you know, for the people there live, this is the one time that really it's more beneficial to be watching at home because if you're live, you know, you you might be trying to look for wherever they have the uh, TV feed going on in the arena, but if you're at home, you sit there and you get to see just RB Allen just with a crazy, a crazy look on his face, a look of determination on his face, command everyone to get out of the way, then stomp up the aisle, come back, sprint all the way through, and it's something that like you know a for a few that has been kind of up and down, but it has a lot of interesting stuff with it. The fact that like, we had like that moment there, like that's something that made, like we still see like the Sammy Guevara doing the six thirty, uh, the six thirty splash from, I forget who it was against there, but that six thirty, it was against MJF actually the like uh, over the barricade from Daly's place. Like that's in the open. Like this thing has to be in the open now from, from now until something else crazy happens. It just was one of those things that kind of took me aback. And I was like, wow, pro wrestling really is great
2: yeah i shouted out this shot too on on our twitter um because up to that point i was very frustrated with the cam work they you know this feud has been like uh I, like technically sound like you know the pieces are all there for it uh you know it makes logical sense i think mjf is doing a pretty decent job at his promos of laying out what it's about and what he's feuding with Darby about. And it's kind of got a, a different purpose or a different, you know, theme that is taken on in terms of what they do in most of these feuds, which is like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to attack you and get under your skin, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And Darby's saying, no, I'm I'm not gonna let you mentally beat me or whatever. I'm just going to wrestle you and beat you. Uh, But while all this promo was happening with MJF, they kept cutting to these very tight shots of Darby in the crowd. And, Uh, Darby was doing his damnedest to be compelling by making facials and reacting to these MJF promos, Uh, uh, but they kept going back to him every, I don't know, four seconds or something. And it was also large for the large majority of that very unclear where Darby was. You just had like Darby sitting (laughs) shrouded in darkness uh, and couldn't tell like he could have been in the boiler room for all we know. Uh, and they finally gave us a wide establishing shot, but it was still very hard to tell where he was. Uh, but then they went to this where Darby comes out of the crowd. He says he's going to beat MJF's ass. Uh, and they start doing these great looking over the shoulder shots of Darby where he's approaching that big aisle uh, and then setting up that uh, awesome run like you talked about, Mike. Um, and yeah, that really, I think, made, was maybe the first thing in this feud that made me, you know, get fired up about anything or have my, uh, have my emotions stirred or like, you know, be like, Oh, that was cool. Cause it was something you don't see on every episode of dynamite. It was a fresh camera. Look, it did make it seem like more of a happening in the building than just an antiseptic thing on TV or whatever. Uh, so that was great. And it pretty much was the focus of the whole segment. Cause they were also, they had like a bunch of, they had like a fake sting army, but it was like with paper masks, um that was like they didn't even show it enough to like be annoyed that it didn't go anywhere because it was so secondary to everything else it's like hey remember when there was a bunch of stings well we're gonna do that but you're it's gonna be in the background of this shot so who even cares uh so that's been kind of the story of the feud but that run that spot him colliding with him over the barrier the like pinpoint perfect cut to the other shot of him going over the barrier so you could follow the whole action uh was great so you're dead on about that. It would look great in the opening, uh, especially, you know, the only other time we really see like a floor shot like that where you're in with the people is like when Moxley enters and we may not, uh, you know, be seeing that in the future or maybe see him in the opening credits or, or opening titles. So, yes, that was awesome. Very cool moment. I would love to see, you know, like a crane shot of how that looked because, um, you know, we've got a crane in these buildings half the time. Oh, yeah. that either. So, yeah, great shot.
0: Big crane fan, Mike Spears. We need that
1: shot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the main thing. I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying, but the main thing that you hit on, Nate, was that this was the first time in the feud where I was like, "Oh, hey, this is exciting. That was fun," which kind of sucks because these guys are both, uh, you know, intriguing in their own ways, and certainly are, as MJF was talking about, major focuses for the future of the company. But this feud just hasn't really hit in in a, in a an exciting way, in a compelling way. So uh, that's been kind of a bummer. Um, I I really did not like this MJF promo. It was just kind of, I don't know, the same stuff he says all the time. So it just didn't really build this. Uh, I mean, so the story of this match is that... MJF is somehow going to break Darby mentally, right? That's that's the story. Okay, I think,
2: I, yeah. Well, yeah. has
1: that has that happened, or is it going to happen? No, add Darby add Darby's full not going to let it happen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Darby's going to overcome that. He's the babyface. But, but there hasn't been much to like even push push Darby on that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well,
2: yeah, he brought up the thing Darby talks about all the time with his right. uncle dying, uh, and then he attacked him in the parking garage. Uh, and then there was, they did a fake thing where they played Sting's music, and he wasn't there. But then he was there. <laughs> Is yeah, that all right. Did I get all the beats?
1: I think you did. So I don't know. They maybe could have come up with some more stuff to break Darby mentally, perhaps.
2: Yeah, uh, MGF certainly had way more potent ammo in his little mini feud against Brian Pillman than he has against Darby here. Yeah, right. For sure, <laughs> that's that's true.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of a bummer, I suppose. Uh, you'd like to. I'm not even like mad at MJF, you know, where I'm just like,, oh, I can't wait to see Darby beat the shit out of this MJF. I'm just like, okay, we'll see what happens here. Uh, but it's gonna be fascinating because MJF is, now we're talking about something else, but MJF is insanely protected in the company. The story is built for Darby to win, uh, but it that seems unlikely <laughs> to me <laughs> that Darby's gonna beat MJF.
2: Well, it's hard to say. I mean, MJF seems like he could be a viable challenger for either title now because they're both held, although both will be held by baby faces pretty soon, we think. So it seems like he's more apt to get a big title program than Darby is at this point. For sure. um, I will say there's, you know, a lot of Miro is maybe the first character in this company who loses the belt and then is like, I want my belt back. Most of the people lose the belt and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to move on. (laughs) Like Darby has never seemed to express any, you know, intention. Like, "Ah, I got to get my TNC title back. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess it's good that they're not just doing, you know, rematches endlessly. That's always a positive. Um, And maybe I'm forgetting a little, you know, line in a promo or something, but. You're
1: right. It's. Well, it's hard to say which is the better, but it's almost like an overreaction to all the automatic, you know, uh, rematches that we've seen for years and years. But so, I guess I'd prefer this to the to that.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna amend because uh, Moxley did do a, a whole promo about getting back uh, on top with all these new people coming in and how he's yeah got to get back to the belt or whatever. So, but that was also uh,
1: like many months you know later after yeah after losing it
2: i'm mostly struck i guess by like cody and jericho but that's also just what cody always does is he just moves on and doesn't care
1: so it's jericho's interesting it's like can you imagine another jericho world title run in aew
0: no
2: kind of he's kind of looking better recently he seems like he's trimmed up a little bit uh he's kind of got some of his mojo back i think
0: I, I think you got the big title run out of him. I mean, like he, he solidified it. And then now, you know, I mean, it seems like that it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's also something where like, maybe he looks so good because, you know, he got to go on the first cruise, apparently that they had back with Royal Caribbean. Oh, not Royal Caribbean. I forgot what it was like Norwegian cruises in like 20 months was his uh, Jericho cruise, so maybe that's why he, he's got his sea legs underneath him Nate that's why
2: <laughs> well he it's certainly he got his big run like he's definitely not getting another big run uh, I do think you can totally give him like you know I, I would argue against giving almost everyone a gold quote-unquote gold watch reign but Jericho a guy who the company was built on the back of you could absolutely give like hey you know Jericho's retiring we got to give him Uh, you know, one more thank you rain on his way out. Uh, Like, who's a good example of that? I don't
0: Uh, know. I can't remember the last time there was really a gold belt run as of late. I can't think of one. No, it's certainly Hmm. been a long time.
2: Um, But that's absolutely like, you know, one last hurrah for the old guy before he, you know, goes off into the sunset and you, you know, do a Ric Flair miracle win type thing where it's, his career on the line, but, you know, actually build it this time instead of doing it in two weeks, like the last time.
1: Uh, For, for my pick, I think it's my pick. I think it's my turn on this show. Uh, I'm going to pick kind of a weird one, but it's largely because it's unexpected to be getting so much um, time and, and attention. And that is this little story that they're doing with Dante Martin and Leo Rush and Matt Seidel uh, and now it's, we got Lee Moriarty in the mix. You know, there was a lot of concern when you have Punk and Danielson and Adam Cole and everybody come in that there's all these guys that, well, what are they going to do with these guys? And that's, that concern hasn't like gone away whatsoever, but this is a story that is not based around any title. It doesn't feature any guy who's been a world champion or a TNT champion or any champion. as a matter of fact. And yet, basically, every week on TV, it gets some focus, it has some heft to it, like it has something to be interested in about it. They had a whole thing that went sideways with Mike Seidel getting injured, and they just plug somebody else into it in a way that makes sense. Um, And it serves a great purpose. It's not just like, you know, (laughs) whatever was going on with Bobby Fish, not going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about Bobby Fish on this episode, but it like, oh, we're also serving up Dante Martin, who is a big star in this company in the end. Uh, If you don't listen, although I think Mike and I did this on Dynamite one of the weeks, it was just us. But if you're not a patron, you got to go listen. You got to subscribe to listen to Nate and me on our Rampage review world tour uh, this past week, where we just, went insane about uh, Dante Martin. So if you're a big Dante Martin fan, or if you're a Dante Martin doubter, you should listen and, and find out why you're wrong. But I love this story. It's very exciting. It's building very slowly, but in a, in a way that's fun, like to keep watching it go. I don't know exactly where it ends up, uh, but everything about it's fun to watch. So that's my Elite for this week.
2: Yeah, this was uh, a successful segment here Uh, and I totally agree with what you're saying about how it's just nice to have this story and have it be executed pretty well um, with these guys in it because these are all guys that we want to see more of I think Uh, you know when Dante Martin first had his couple breakout matches I said you know I hope Dante Martin isn't like you know a half dozen other guys where it's like he does something great and we see him and he seems like he's got so much potential and then he's not on TV for another you know, four and a half months. Uh, but no, they've definitely honed in on this and focused on it. Um, and adding Lee Moriarty is like, oh, it just got even better. Now we've got another exciting young guy that we can see get some reps on television and see develop uh and see what he's got as far as connection to the audience. Uh and I think they're getting a lot out of this. And this is, you know, I think I'm guessing what's kind of motivating this is that it seems like Tony's like genuinely a big Leo Rush fan uh, and feels confident in him in this spot. Um, and that's great. Uh, but you know, Mass I'dell, I wouldn't, his doing like backstage acting character kind of stuff like this is not always been one of his strong suits, but I think he's been, uh, totally successful here. You believe him when he's just doing like, I'm frustrated about Leo rush, uh, you know, interceding here on, what I had going on with Dante who I was trying to help out out of the goodness of my heart. Um, so having him on the other side of it is like bringing Matt Seidel along in a way and making him more featured that, I, you know, I don't know that I was ever expecting when he came into this company, he came in as a Joker in a battle Royale. Uh, and it was like, Oh, you know, he's a great hand to have. He's a great guy to have on dark. And you know, he's a, he's a trainer and he's, can be working with the young guys and all this stuff? Um, but this is the most focus he's gotten the promotion. And that's also been great because he's a great wrestler. So, yeah, I think this is uh, good to see.
0: Yeah, this just rocks like all the way. Like, this was a great way to kind of like, yeah, Lee Moriarty, he had the match with Bobby Fish on the Rampage buy in a couple weeks back. But really, just it, it's a great way to kind of further introduce him into a storyline, more onto national television. And it's something that, like, with a combination of, these four guys with leo dante matt and uh and uh lee you have a lot of like really intriguing possibilities here that like there's a lot of permutations you have like yeah we have the proposed tag match as seidel moriarty versus martin and rush like that like that's awesome and then you have like the idea of eventually having matt seidel getting his hands on leo rush for manipulating dante martin They've already done great jobs with Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel, and now you have Lee Moriarty versus Dante Martin as a possible match. You have Leo Rush versus Don, uh, Lee Moriarty here, and it just it serves everyone well. Like that's like the great thing about this feud is that no one is going to come out of this feud worse for wear or look worse out of it. Like it's something that it's a great use of Leo Rush right now, and it builds up anticipation for Leo Rush to finally have that match and then you know Matt Seidel as Nate said like like was in a uh, interesting position and when when he came in here it was like all right that's cool Matt Seidel's here like he like he's tight like that's good but now we're like seeing like a deepening of like how he's kind of changed as he's been in the promotion and then you have Lee Moriarty who is like one of the real breakout stars of the COVID indies now in the company it's just the it's just a win across the board and then of course, we see what happens when Darius Martin, Dante's brother, gets better. And we have the idea of like, OK, what's going to have a top flight in this? So there's a lot of ways to go from it. And it's really intriguing. So I totally get why you're bought into this, Aaron, because I'm bought into this as well.
1: Nate, you mentioned, I think, on World Tour about Darius seeming to just be genuinely happy uh for Dante you know I guess just some people talking like oh is he jealous like, like his brother has really uh blown up during all this and not long after that like I must have gone to his uh Twitter page and his top tweet was like my brother is my favorite wrestler in the world but I mean it's just like oh no this is just like a genuinely sweet guy who's just so happy that his brother is showing out so uh very cool to see All right, Uh, our Listener Elite of the Week, if you want to be featured on this part, you just sign up for our Patreon, join our Discord. We do an Elite or Delete channel in the Discord during each show. Uh, Drew 101, uh, their Elite is Kenny Omega's uh, line in his post-match promo after the All-Angels match where he says, you ruined my career, (laughs) which was a very funny line. Uh, And Drew was also saying that he really liked the match and the entire post-match segment.
2: Yeah, I thought this match was an unusually strong opener um for the show. I think maybe that's just because it was 10 minutes long. And I was like, oh great. A ten a 10 minute hot opener with a big star on the first thing against another Neath guy. That's like kind of the perfect uh perfect mix for me. The perfect compromise of their thing where they want to go, oh, well, we don't we want to put our big stars on and our exciting matches on first because we want to pop that first quarter hour and and have people tune in right away uh, and have the energy up in the building or whatever. Um, And then they also want to have very long matches all the time and, you know, want to have very competitive matches all the time. And this was like the perfect blend of like, Oh, you got a big guy out there, but he's against an underneath guy, but there's also a story here. So the underneath guy kind of benefits from being in this situation. It's not like, you know, he's just out there to lose and look bad or whatever. He's actually going to get more over from this Uh, and it was like the perfect length match. You get a 10-minute win, which is decisive, uh, and you move on, and it kind of sets up the thing with Hangman Page, which was at the end of the last show. Now it's the beginning of this show. Uh, A good opener and a a good pacing to that, especially, I thought.
0: Yeah, this was just really awesome. I think Alan Angel's really does great in these kind of roles he's someone that whenever he's on darker elevation i feel like he kind of like uh he kind of stands out and you know kenny omega playing this in here and playing up their match from last year i I thought this was an absolute win and then like hangman the way that hangman came in there and the way that they kind of teased that buckshot lariat ruled so yeah no this rock
1: yeah i I was thinking the same thing about oh man this is it where you have the big star and you know, he's going to win, but you give somebody who, you know, in this particular instance, there was a very specific reason why it could be competitive. And you understood that it was competitive and they're putting over on commentary. I don't know, man. Sometimes it's just a guy that just has your number or whatever. Who's like just able to compete with you and you wouldn't expect it, which was a great, Little, that's like, that's actually a sports story, you know, to tell if like, sometimes there's some guy who, you know, has hit whatever 15 for 35 off of whoever, uh, you know, even though they're a 220 hitter or, you know, pretend whatever you want to about that. But yeah, so this rocked, it was a lot of fun and Kenny's little promo after it was also funny. So a good time was had by all, uh, something else that can't be a good time is if you go hang out with our friends over at mybookie.ag. Uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but I did use the NBA lock of the season last week. I uh, got my free $25 bet in on uh, the Mavericks and the Nuggets, and somebody just had to score to win. Did you get in on this?
0: Oh, you know I did. I mean Absolutely. it was something that they they do all these kind of great bets at my bookie doing these lock bets, like that and it's one of the things like one of my favorite ones was that one because it's like, oh yeah, of course. Like someone's gonna have to score. This this game's gonna happen. So you're gonna score yeah, right? that's and with right. my bookie. With my bookie, it makes it so easy. And you know what I did with that wedding's Aaron? Let's hear it. I went right in because this weekend is the world championships of league of legends and it's also the mexican grand prix so you know what what bet i what i made for the mexican grand prix just because i have a feeling this week aaron let's hear it i went on sergio perez checo to win this race. hometown guy you know plus 1200 and the red bulls run really well in mexico city so you could bet on that. You can bet on League of Legends. I was talking about Damwon Kia versus uh, Edward gaming this weekend. So I mean, like it's, squad. yeah, I mean right now uh, the over under, so it's best of five, Aaron, the over under on how many maps this is going to go three and a half. Y- your oh. boys are favored uh, uh, that the, the, they have a minus 1.5 uh spread there. If you're going to be doing the spread there, or an over/under and three and a half. It looks like that. Damwon Kia might go back to back this week. Your boys might do it again. Wow. Who's your favorite player on Damwon Kia? Back Aaron. to back. Um, is it Showmaker or is it Canyon? Well, who better? Obviously, I'm a Canyon guy. I mean, one of the best junglers in the world. Do you know what a jungler doesn't League of Legends, Aaron? Uh,
1: yeah. They so like a lot of these games. When you're talking about your maps sometimes you end up too far off the map and you end up in the jungle so this guy's really great at finding his way back to the main part of the map where everybody else is
2: i thought that was pretty good
0: i thought he, yeah. was,
2: he was he was borderline gonna get it there for a second <laughs> you,
0: you, you know what if we're playing horseshoes aaron that's a leaner that's a leaner. all right you know, nice you, um i'm proud well, of you buddy the the one thing we haven't done is say our code which I think is maybe the most important part
1: of these ad reads. So <laughs> if, if you want to go to my bookie, actually I'm sorry. I keep saying mybookie.ag, but the boys got mybookie.com. So it's real shit. Go to mybookie.com, use the promo code elite. Uh, they will instantly double your first deposit. So, they use the promo code elite, you can double your funds to double your winnings bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie okay let's talk about stuff we didn't like weird show because it was hard for me to pick out like things I really didn't like but it definitely had bad vibes at times so I'm I'm interested Nate in your delete pick
2: um yeah I don't know if it had bad vibes I was debating between a couple of things here, but honestly, I, everything in the product, everything that AEW put out there, I thought was pretty good and successful. So I was debating and coming on here and maybe for the first time ever deleting the crowd for not being appropriately, um, that was kind of my leading candidate they got hotter as the show continued, I think, or maybe they just fixed the sound mix or something. Um, but in particular, like that that Super Click and and Jurassic Express segment, like kind of felt like it was dying a death. Um, so that was one idea I had. I had another thing. It's kind of thorny. I didn't know <laughs> if it was. I wanted to get into it. Or not. You're just
1: like you're just going through a couple of ideas that you
2: have. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm counting on somebody to talk me into doing the thorny one, so then I can uh, okay, you know, uh 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 dissipate my own responsibility.
0: All right. Okay. Do it.
2: Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, so CM Punk comes out and cuts. Uh-oh. And it first says a very nice thing about John Moxley, which was also said by Calibre at the top of the show, uh, you know, that they're wishing the best for him. If you missed it, John Moxley, uh, you know, went into an uh, inpatient recovery program for alcohol. Um, and, you know, AEW like, we'd fully support him. You know, we're going to be there for him. Uh, CM Punk comes out and, you know, talks at length about, you know, how, how proud he is of him and how courageous of him it is to do this and, um, you know, has the cha- crowd chant his name and everything. That's all great. You know, nobody's going to argue that, uh, you know, especially because CM Punk has taken John Moxley's role of being like the babyface voice of the company now and being like, this is, you know, I'm I'm the John Cena here. I'm going to tell you, you know, what's exciting on the show. And I'm also going to tell you that we at AEW fully support John Moxley. So that's all great. It's uh, great that, you know, John Moxley's getting the help that he needs. Uh, but after this, after CM Punk does this whole discussion about, I know what it was like to be on the road for too long and feel like you had to keep coming back into work just because it was the manly or tough thing to do. Uh, even when you were hurt or even when you were having problems, I know what all of that is like. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not a failing. That's not a, that's not a human failing or a personal problem. That's, you know, just something that uh, you can ask for help. And, and and that was everything that I was talking about. And then he goes, now I'm going to talk about Eddie Kingston, who was on the program last week talking about how he takes Zoloft. And then CM Punk comes out and is like, Eddie Kingston didn't show up this week. And the whole thing that he's getting heel heat on Eddie Kingston is, Eddie Kingston didn't come to work. Eddie Kingston took his ball and went home. And it was like, did you just listen to what you, everything you just said? You are just talking about how, you know, uh, it, it, people will need to not show up and not be on the road and go home and take care of themselves. And that was everything you're talking about. And now you're using it on Eddie Kingston for heel heat. Um, that was silly to me. That was just like, can you find another angle to, to push this thing with Eddie Kingston? That's not about the fact that he didn't show up to this show. Because anything else would have made more sense to me
0: yeah it, it was kind of incongruous like you had the, the genuine and heartfelt uh statements uh and like feelings about john moxley and then immediately like attacking moxley's partner you know <laughs> and talking about like especially with like what you mentioned about like eddie being open about his mental health and all of that it's just i i, I totally get how it came off that way and it's something that there are ways that, that I felt like there was a way to do this. And then, like, he brought up, like, not being in the Eliminator Tournament, saying, like, I, I couldn't enter this because I'd have settled my business here. And it's like, well, Eddie's not here, and you aren't ranked in the top five. They made a big point saying Miro was ranked in the top five, so why would he be put into the tournament to begin with over Miro? So it, it, it was something that, like, this promo, like, I totally get where you're coming from here, Nate, where, like, genuine incredibly heartfelt moving statement there. And especially given the wrestling industry and uh, thoughts also about like masculinity, toxic masculinity and all of that being able to like really give a heartfelt uh, statement there. And then it just kind of went off the rails there. It was the Eddie part and the uh, Eliminator part. So yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying here.
2: Yeah. You know, not again, I'm kinda I had to find, I had to go digging for something to, to lead on this show. Uh, and so it's not, you know, I wasn't offended. I didn't, uh, think it was in poor taste. Uh, it, it's, yeah, exactly like you said. It was just incongruous. It's like, well, you just, now we're, it's, it's like there was a very, there was no delineation on the show, but you as a, a viewer or as a fan or as a television wrestling watcher had to go in your mind, oh, that was real. Now this is fake. And that was just weird. Yes.
1: It very much was, uh, Hey, Punk, we need you to do the John Moxley thing on this show. And then Punk trying to figure out how to tie in everything to it. It kind of felt like some of those Cody promos where he tries to tie three things together, but they don't really work. And you're just like, okay, all right. Uh, but yeah, ah, fuck, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough spot also to be in to like, hey, go out and talk about how this beloved guy uh, you know, we've just announced that, uh, he's going into a, an inpatient, uh, program. So yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, uh, the punker a pass on this one, uh, considering the level of difficulty. Uh, so I thought it was good. And like, have we ever had a big baby face wrestling promo about, Hey, if you're struggling with, uh, you know, substance use or mental health or whatever, like, the, the courageous thing to do is to uh, you know, reach out for help. I mean, it seemed kind of momentous in a way.
2: Yeah, it was nice. It, it got me in my feelings for a minute.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and you know, the straight edge guy coming out to talk about uh, how proud he was of his, uh, well, I wouldn't, I'm not sure that they're friends, but you know, the guy he knows uh, who's struggling with substance issues, I thought was also nice. Um, and of course, we, uh, we echo all those things, if anybody who's listening is struggling with such things. Um, I was looking around for good good resources, and uh, I didn't have, uh, nobody wanted to help me, wanted to give me very good uh, options. But I know that AEW was putting out information from uh, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, although it's a, a government thing. So I don't know, I'm not telling you that I know this is helpful. Uh, But it is a service that exists, 1-800-662-HELP, 4357. So, uh, you know, failing that, reach out to someone uh, that you know that loves you and cares for you, and there are people that love you and care for you, and uh, they can point you in the right way. If all else fails, shoot me a DM, and I will uh, will help you personally. So, that's it. Okay. Uh, Mike, man, what are you going to delete? I I mean, I'm just... I'm struggling yeah things. yeah i i it, think we all know the thing that was kind of the worst thing on the show
0: right yeah so we, we do we, we do uh it's i i just you know like that's something that i it's hard to talk about that because it feels like that that a lot of the show and a lot of like plans are have kind of changed now and in, in light of what all uh with john moxley entering uh, inpatient care like it does feel like that, that that he was going to figure in greatly over the next few weeks so it does kind of have that feeling on the show and a lot of it kind of was like reformatted for that like I did see that Sean Rossap said that Miro flew in today and they didn't know if he was gonna get to the arena on time for this uh for the match that he had against George Cassidy uh I, I this is tough like I'm really trying like really trying to reach for it uh I I guess like the thing that I'm just gonna go with the th- the match that kind of disappointed me the most. I-, I wanted to see more of Jimmy Hader versus Anna Jay, and I know that's like a constant refrain that we have here, but I I felt like Anna Jay like looked a lot better here than she did in her title match against Bert Baker, or was that title or non-title match? But against her match against Bert Baker, nonetheless, and the fact that like something that I'm starting to track now is matches that have commercial breaks what kind of commercial breaks are happening there like if it's something that's that it's like set up because of the placement on the card or with like certain matches and certain people involved like this but it was something where like we don't get to see a lot of jimmy hater on tv like just naturally like that's just kind of how things are like that it sucks and anna J is someone that, that obviously they have a whole lot of stock in i mean she's coming back from the injury and really figuring in big into plans and they really like built this up like as something that like, this is a big match in the TBS title tournament and just kind of was thrown on there was shortest match on the show. Most of it happened in a commercial break. And it just was a bummer, the the fact that like, this was a match I was relatively stoked for. I mean, Aaron, we were talking about it this morning. Like, this was a match that, like, I was pretty excited about. And it got short shrift here. Even with all the, like, even with, like, all the changes here, they couldn't find more time for this match. But, like, they could have had more time in the match. They could have had another TBS title match, <laughs> our tournament match here. But no, no, we had the other thing here. So I'm just bummed about that. Like, if I'm going to pick one thing on the show that... I would delete... It It would be the... Uh, kind of getting short shrift in the Jimmy Hater and a J match.
2: Yeah, it's hard for me to mirror that exactly because I do watch on fight, so I see the whole matches without the ad breaks, um, which also probably skews why I think a lot of the matches are too long. Um, but this seemed like, a, a you know, not counting the ad break because I got to see the whole match. It seemed like uh, about the appropriate length to me. Um, but I will complain that they shoved in an attack angle at the end for no reason, except that they just do that in every, every match or segment. Um, especially like, I don't, I don't think that I missed something, but does, does Britt and her crew with Jamie and rebel have any specific problem with Anna? Uh, Cause it really just felt like, Oh, they're a heel. She's just going to beat up the face now for no reason, except that she's a heel. Um, and then it's like, Oh, well, it's actually just because, we have to have some vehicle to get three other women on the show because we're not doing anything else with them. So it's like, well then Thunder Rosa can make the save and then Ty or Ty can make the save. Uh, and then they can all be like, I have all the baby faces on one side and all the heels on the other side. And it's just very like basic paint by numbers, you know, not, not a lot of inspiration there, just kind of functional. Um, and not a lot of character depth there. It's like, well, the heels attack the baby faces. Well, why? Because they're heels. Um, and then the other babyfaces make the save. Why? Because they're babyfaces. Even though one of them is fighting the other one next week or in the TBS tournament, yes, they're babyfaces. So that was like, oh, whatever. You know, it's it's functional. We're not going to get more thought into it than that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only argument for it is that, you know, of course, we have the tie Brit match coming up. Uh, so, you know, I guess there's something to that. But, yeah, it's, it's like it'd be one thing if – you knew that was building to like a trios match between the three of them. Like, oh, that'd be exciting. But obviously, that's probably not coming. Um, The positive thing I'll say about this match is, you know, I was talking about my Super 7, that's what I'm going to call them now, of the women's division. And uh, the matches are just better when one of them is involved. And Jamie Hayter bore this out perfectly by the fact that Anna Jay, looked better in this match than she looked in the Britt Baker match. And and I like Britt a lot, but uh Jamie is quite a bit better, you know, just in the ring as a as that sort of pro wrestler. Britt is obviously a bigger star and has uh more charisma that has gotten over to this point. Uh Jamie is very charismatic, you know, but that's just not been the role she's been in so far. So that was good. I agree. I mean it definitely had time for another women's match. They had time to to uh do more with this but they've kind of just hurt me too many times with the women's matches and i'm kind of just like okay this is uh this is what's happening so i might as well you know learn to live with it i suppose
2: uh just because i looked this up and uh, i don't know if it's interesting but uh jamie and Britt almost the same number of total matches on cage in their careers in their careers britt's at two o two o six. 206 jamie's at 214
1: jamie probably i'm assuming over a shorter period of
2: time is that right no they started within one no that's not right because this is a uh, european ordering uh they started within three months of each other in 2015 huh
1: i was just thinking like jamie was getting a lot of reps in stardom you know because they they right. work more often than brit probably would have so that's pretty interesting
2: Well, I wonder if there's, you know, something to be said for getting a lot of reps in a short period of time and then having time off as compared to, you know, interspersed matches that are less frequent. And, Mm. uh, you know, maybe you have less time to, you know, take something constructively from each one. Totally just bullshitting here. But I thought (laughs) that was, uh, I didn't realize they were so similar in that way. I wouldn't have guessed that. Although
1: you kind of like tonight when Jamie was walking out, she like had this change to her hair. And they kind of they zoomed in on her face, of course, as you do when someone's entering and you kind of forget how young she is. But she has a very young looking face. And it struck me that like, oh, yeah, she's still like quite young and has you know plenty of time uh, to to grow as a wrestler and performer and all that good stuff. She's I mean, she's like 24, 25, 26, 26. Yeah, I was in the in the vicinity. Um, Again, it was hard. You know, because there wasn't a lot I hated on the show. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to do a weird one. I thought also about doing this as my elite pick, but now I'm going to do it as my delete <laughs> pick, which is our good friend, Jim Ross, uh, claiming to be a Native American on this show. This was, I think, in the Andrade Cody match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, by the way, I just want everyone to know that I am Native American. Very funny. Do I know um, to tackle this?
2: <laughs> I mean... Not especially. Well, the reason he said it is because he said Indian Deathlock, which is the name of the move. Uh, and then he was concerned that people would get mad at him for not being politically correct. So he was like, I should say Native American Deathlock, but I am one. Um, But apparently he is... Uh. Cherokee, right yeah he's a well i did a very basic google it says jim ross is a full-fledged member of the cherokee nation
0: so it's just like incongruent it it just was just like an add-on that jim ross just being jim ross is just trying to. he did
2: he was he was also on my list of possible deletes because he did have a couple (laughs) yeah you know more than more than usual number of uh okay jim moments
0: yeah i i know his uh I, I know that his daughter's dispensary has not start, or marijuana farm has not started, but it did kind of sound like he might have been high a little bit on his supply tonight.
1: Uh, the, there's a, a Tulsa World article in which Jim Ross claims to have been one eighth Cherokee.
2: Um, right. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to speak like a, any sort of authority on this, but. Oh, I'm
1: not either. I, that, just, I yeah, was just uh, that, giving I think that, that information. He,
2: that he's a. Mem- considered a member of the tribe is more important than what I think. Whatever his, you know, uh, biological makeup is. I'm not doing. More-
1: I'm not doing one drop rule. Uh, I'm not getting. This is I'm not, not nasty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but you know, perhaps more, uh, more illustrative here. The place where I find this are good friends at uh, Squared Circle, longtime uh, listeners. Um, there, of course uh during the latest episode of grilling jr jim ross talked about the cleveland indians name change and he said as a native american he did not find the term offensive well thank god i'm glad so, i'm glad someone from the tribe
1: has spoken uh, that's is a little
2: bit like uh when jerry seinfeld's dentist uh, converts to judaism so he can start <laughs> telling jewish jokes
1: <laughs> actually i'm glad i i I uh, pick that as my delete because that was a great piece of information there from, <laughs> from <laughs> Squared Circle. All right, let's run down uh, the rest of the show. Of course, we talked about Kenny Omega defeating Alan Angels with the V-trigger. And uh, then he was going to destroy uh, Angels, but Hangman made the save. They did a the great little piece of business where Hangman goes for the Buckshot Lariat, but Kenny gets out of the way. I just make you... I uh, just wanting to see him get hit with that buckshot, Larry. It's so bad. I'm gonna jump off my couch when it happens.
2: Well, I, the his you know two little lines there, extremely cool babyface shit. Where he's just like, "I'm gonna be a gentleman. You got ten days. That's you know uh, pitch perfect."
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I love that ten days line. That was like all right. Like the countdown's on, and you know I'm stoked. So yeah, no, this rock. That's just great pro wrestling. I mean it.
1: All you want is to see Hangman Page hold that fucking belt up and uh, just greet his adoring fans as the as the world champion. Man, going to be fun. Uh, we got a Malachi Black pre-tape. He says uh, Tony Khan's decision to bar him from ringside is not going to have an effect because when they assassinated Julius Caesar, it wasn't just Marcus who betrayed him.
0: Yes, Malachi Black, I also have listened to the entire History of Rome podcast as a <laughs> mid-30s to uh, mid-40s male. Yeah, no, I mean...
2: I haven't. It, it, I, I listened to Jake the Snake's promo when he debuted in this company about Cody being Caesar.
1: Well, yeah, Nate, you haven't had as much time to listen to podcasts now that you're reading so many books. That's right, yeah.
0: That's but, right,
2: hey, I'm uh, coming up on 6th? On six? 6th for the year?
0: wow there Me. you go yeah and, i've been and i mean oh, Nate, sorry. this actually works out for you because also now we're authors so you know oh, you're really right. getting into the craft reading I,
2: I had to study up on my reading to, to really know how to do this <laughs> uh by which i mean authoring this book
1: i've been uh, reading this book that's set in uh ireland and all i want to do is like uh, at rovert about like things of, that i read in the book how do you think that was fiction Fiction it is book? fiction, yeah. It's like a, it's like a detective novel or whatever, buddy. That's that's all that matters. It's all you need is detective novels for sure. No, I really like it. It's fun. Uh, you know,
2: I have to. i it up, up sometimes. Uh, well, yeah, let's do book corner. I'm finishing up the okay. third millennium book the the girl who that series. Oh sure, because uh, I, I loved the Fincher movie, uh, but I'd never read the books, so I'm powering through those. Uh, I read uh, Jonathan Ames' detective novel in L.A. Um, I read a couple other detective novels, L.A. detective stories by, like, trashy TV writers or whatever. Um, I read uh, I read a, a book about a Japanese divorce lawyer who investigates someone who changed their identity. Um, and it, it, I might actually recommend it to you, Aaron. It's pretty – there's all this stuff about the death penalty in it. Uh, but it was pretty interesting. Um, All right. And then I, I read, I think, something else. Was that six? Uh, Two, three, four, five, close. six, seven. No, I'm finishing my seventh now. But, I mean, and you started late in the year, right? I mean, I, this is since October, I think. This is oh, since, geez. Since, I, since I got COVID, pretty much.
1: What a reader. Uh, this is uh, In the Woods, is the name of this book. I mean, also, <laughs> you know, fits
2: for a lot of reasons. Now, uh, is, that a, is that a Sondheim musical? Into, the woods, son- the, Into the woods is the song Into the woods. Oh. It's very Man, if I could too. bring this back to musical chat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Into uh, the woods. Into <laughs> the woods. But it's
1: I basically I read a lot of nonfiction or whatever. I just read the the Tim Hornbaker uh book about uh Death of the Territories. And so then I have this friend who I went to law school with who I text and I'm just like, hey, can you tell me like just some book that won't make me think very much at all, you know, just something fun. And she's like, yeah, here's this like a uh, detective novel. It sounds great. So I got that and I've been enjoying it quite a bit. So, uh, but yeah, I need some, there's a lot of actually, I mean, this is some real, I, I hate to bring this up, but I was once nearly canceled for uh, talking about my hatred of Irish Americans on this show around St. Patrick's day. I'm very anti St. Patrick's day. Uh, But as I've been reading this book and there's like, you know, the way that they write the dialogue for the Irish people, uh, it hits me, which of course I know this because, you know, I uh, went to school, but it's like, Oh yeah, these are like, my people came, absolutely came from Ireland to, eastern kentucky or whatever like it's the same fucking people (laughs) cumberland gap yeah yes they they talk like you know my fucking uh whatever
2: yeah i mean the the irish are 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 downtrodden people they are are, yeah it's you know it's woke to support the irish it is until they become irish americans i think that's exactly yeah there's some sort of i don't know it's not the international date line, but there's some kind of international <laughs> annoyance line when you cross over the ocean that way. Yeah,
1: that's true. Uh, and a lot of Irish talk for us lately, Nate, because we also <laughs> did a discussion of movies about the IRA on, uh, on the yes. Patreon.
2: The Troubles. The
1: Troubles. And then uh, Aaron Taub told me he's reading a book about the Troubles right now. So maybe I'll put that on my list.
2: Uh, I think we've got, I mean, we just i am pretty sure booked a Patreon bonus show here. Uh, the Troubles book corner on Everything
0: Elite.
1: That sounds great. We should we should do a little book corner. I know, uh, Mike, we talked about uh, book club. So you know, maybe we can work all this together into something.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. All
2: right. Got to be better than talking about a high school band.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. We did that, too. <laughs> uh, all right. This, the CM Punk thing was next. We've talked about that. Miro had a pre-tape. Uh, he said, uh, God, are you trying to help me or toy with me by putting me in the title race? Do you look down on me in anger or fear? I thought that was a great line. He says, in this tournament, he has you have something to prove to me, and I have something to prove to her. I will be forgiven. I will be loved. And then you will be forgiven.
2: When he said, I will be loved, I thought of the Maroon 5 song, She Will Be Loved. Sure. I think Miro should just win this tournament. We'll get to the match later. I think you should just win the whole thing.
1: I think someone uh, and... Uh, oh, I didn't. I didn't do the listener delete. So let me tie that all back in. Someone, and I think it should be Chelsea, uh, should um send this to someone in a hardcore band because this promo could just be the lyrics to a hardcore song. I mean, I can you can hear the breakdown of uh, "I will be forgiven, I will be loved," I mean, or do you look down on me in anger or
2: in fear?
1: I'm doing a little breakdown on my my desk there. Uh, I was rocking out. She probably didn't like that. Listener delete. I forgot to do this, uh, but it's Chelsea, and it's Chelsea's birthday. Happy birthday, Chelsea. My present to you, this content, and uh, you're the listener delete for the week. And Chelsea's delete was the flailing of a poorly planned slow motion brawl. And we had a couple of those. She was referring to the early one in the show, but she came back later and doubled down uh, on Hmm. the second uh, poorly planned brawl we had on the show.
2: I did see that, and I wasn't sure which she meant, and then it just dawned on, probably the the Super Click and Jurassic Express one, right? Yes. Probably. Yes, which we're coming up to right now. Right. That kind of seemed flat, for whatever reason. Tell us how it went, Aaron. Aaron, you're muted, right? I'm muted, but I was doing my hands, so you knew I was talking. So,
1: super click. We got them backstage. Uh, They're saying, hey, what happened last week? That's not going to happen again. Uh, We're tough guys. We're not afraid of anyone. We never back down from a fight. Christian interrupts. Uh, They say, hey, don't fuck with us. There's three of us. There's one of you, blah, blah, blah. Luchasaurus interrupts. They beg off from that. And then, psych! They attack! Uh, Christian and Luchasaurus fight them into the arena. A lot of references to the uh, backlot brawl on this on this program recently. And then Jungle Boy is out of nowhere. He does a flip. He takes out some folks. Christian does a spear on the stage. Christian goes for a kill switch, but Nick super kicks him. A bunch of other stuff happens. Then Adam Cole gets concertoed on the stage. Uh, this... Ab- I mean, obviously, as we talked about, there was a lot of stuff that was probably not supposed to be on the show. They ended up being on the show because they had to move stuff around. This felt 100% like they talked it out, you know, 10 minutes before it happened. And
0: uh, yeah, it just, it was very weird. Did this weirdly was like only four or five minutes, but it felt like 15. It just felt like it went on for a long time. Uh, I I did like another great camera shot. Uh, Jungle Boy Out Nowhere with Etobe Conalo off the stage was pretty sick but yeah the like my biggest takeaway from this before the tope Conalo was alex marvez like standing bewildered trying to get out of there just going basically being the living equivalent of the emoji and i made a face that y'all can hear but it's the <laughs> emoji y- 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 y'all can interpret No, uh, the
2: sound the sound made it work
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah there we go uh, in, the, in the discord yeah, this, it's uh, grimacing is how
1: you uh pull that up in discord if you're wondering
0: Well, I grimace.
2: Marvez should have done what Cutler did, except that Cutler was already doing it. Cutler crawled on the boxes to, like, scramble away. So Marvez just kind of had to stand there and look weird. Um, But, yeah, most of this, like... his whole job,
1: Nate. He just stands there and (laughs) looks weird. That's my joke. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, Most of... uh, This didn't get any reactions, even though you've got, like, Adam Cole, who's, like, your biggest star. Uh, and I don't know why it didn't really, um except that I think this was christian's quote unquote big return from him taking the Meltzer driver on the outside, right, and he had like a his neck was hurt in that match and then he was taken out of the match and disappeared right and this was like his big return, and it just didn't it didn't feel like the crowd cared at all. I know I didn't, but That's nothing new.
1: Uh, We got a little uh, hype video for the Ruby Soho Chris Statlander match that is impending in the TBS title tournament. Uh, You know, they did a couple of these and they're all like fine, except there's just no real. ah, There's just not really anything there for these matches, like to really sink your teeth into. It's just like, okay, well, here's this match, which is better than nothing that they're doing yeah. the, the videos, but
2: I appreciate the, the effort of the time and the videos at least. So maybe that, you know, there will be something when we get to get to the matches. I, yeah. I got to double back on because uh, Andrew in the chat said that he liked the concerto spot in that brawl. Did they stop doing the two man concerto? Cause it was too easy to brain somebody. Is that why? Cause it looks so much better.
0: They, uh, i've not seen a two-man concerto probably in 15 years yeah like but it
2: was way cooler
0: well yeah i mean you have two people headshotting each other i mean <laughs> well, what's wrong with that
2: i mean the <laughs> idea is the same right is that you you hit the chairs and you don't hit the guy's head and that's right, the same yeah. thing he does with the lying down i guess it's just the execution is too hard to get
0: two people right hitting yeah, the it's, chairs timing. Exactly. it's timing yeah, okay. because if you if you miss it then you actually do headshot people
2: right i guess i guess i understand but it was there's another thing that wokes took away from us guys you can't even make jokes about women taking on five guys at the same time
1: (laughs) triple a tag titles ftr versus aerostar and samurai del sol a hair pinned aerostar with a roll-up and grabbing
2: the ropes I thought the Luchadores worked really hard here to try and show out and have a great match. Um, And they had a lot of cool spots, and I think they pretty much succeeded in having an exciting match that furthered everybody's uh, uh, goals here. You know, FTR uh, actually looks like old-school Southern Brawlers here when they're in the ring with two Luchadores who are smaller than them flying all over the place. Um, And the Luchadores, I think, got enough cool spots in that people will be excited to see them if they get another shot. Uh, and you know, you get a little heel finish where it's like, yeah, they beat the Triple A Luchador team, but they had to pull the tights and use the ropes and all this stuff. So I thought this was, uh, this also exceeded my expectations and was, uh, kind of a nice little treat.
0: It was nice seeing Samurai Del Sol. He, after he was let go by WWE, he, it looked like he was going to go into like thriller and boxing. So it looked like that he might not be back into wrestling. So it was, uh cool to see him we did get the modern aerostar experience so like that happened but yeah no this was a pretty interesting and fun match i i liked the like i i think aaron we were talking about this we're like is this going to be like too like just uh are we just going to get like people under mass and they're going to be faking it again like how they got the title belts and they're just going to beat the crap out of people no we got we got aerostar and samurai del sol and you know i hope we Get to see uh, Samurai Del Sol more. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see Aerostar back in on American television.
2: Yeah, I don't know. The Jericho, I don't know if he's going to be having Samurai Del Sol back in the locker room. I don't know if you guys are seeing Yeah, yeah. That, that's,
0: uh, that's something that's, that's live weird. happening. L- live fire is happening right now on Twitter.
2: Yeah, it's <clears> blowing <throat> up uh, Airstar, uh, Samurai Del Sol's tweet because he spelled John Huber's name wrong and he put an H in it. Like every other John is spelled. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't seem like enough to warrant going after the guy. But hey, I don't know. Maybe it was important to John Huber.
1: I um, really liked this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of people uh, were, you know, going at my man, Aerostar, uh, who I've loved, you know, my entire life. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. He like did six spots. Uh, I, fuck, I, don't, I thought he was cool. I thought and- it was fun.
2: Oh, and he's He wagged fun. his leg on the gate, yeah. and he was doing them with a limp half the time. Yeah, so
1: I mean, when people were it's, like, "Oh, he kind of he sucked toward the end," it's like, "Well, yeah, he fucked up his leg." I thought he still was cool. Like, I don't know. I I want to see guys do stuff where they almost die, uh, and he did that. I mean, it's the air experience. Yes. It's,
0: it's the, the cool. air experience. Like he, he uh, like he will go for stuff. Sometimes it'll work for him. Sometimes it won't. Like there was that one dive that he was not caught whatsoever. Also earlier in that match, I was like, oh, we're getting the Aerostar experience there. And, you know, he has the cool LED mask. I was sad he didn't have the flamethrower to come out with. I was hoping for that. But, you know, it, it was neat. Like, like, it was nice actually like, having, like, Lucha stars here, you know. And, and it, it was tight. And he, you mean FTR, right? Right, yes. Yeah. Of <laughs> course. I mean, they're Lucha 11s. I like,
1: I like almost grinned that they had the... Uh, Mexican and American flag knee pads. I thought that was that was pretty cute.
2: I think this is my favorite thing that FDR has done to oh, this point. Sure. I mean, you know, it's been like two weeks, so it could turn into a disaster. But yeah, you know, much better than them kidnapping Marco stunt or whatever the fuck.
1: I'm like, I have no memory, and I'm a I'm a uh, prisoner of the moment. But I want to say this was my favorite FTR match maybe ever. <laughs> Just like, I don't know, it was fast and fun, and there were big spots.
2: It was cool. I liked it. Now, when they do bring in, I don't know if this is the direction they go in, but of course, a ton of tremendous luchadors now uh, between AAA, between all the luchadors that got visas through the the luchador convention deal-y, uh, and then all the great luchadors that Ring of Honor just released. Uh, so, you know, the logical storyline here is some other luchadors come in and take these belts off of FTR, um, if, not, if not Phoenix and Pentagon and some other luchadors. The way they should do it is FTR thinks they're being set up with another cupcake tag team or something, and then you send some luchadors out in that same fake lucha gear that FTR wrestled in, uh, and then they get their masks dramatically pulled off, but they have their real lucha masks underneath the fake lucha masks, and it's like you know Dragon Lee and and Drillistico or whatever, Uh, and then they do sick lucha shit and win. That would be very funny to me.
1: I said on Light that I thought they would go more of that way here and i said on light they should do minis in this role i thought, ah. thought that would have been funny you could have now that i think about it you could have even put them in like penta and phoenix masks i think you know
2: it's like it's a extremely little... attitude era
1: yeah it definitely it's reminded me of like the bret hart thing <laughs> in attitude era uh but yeah i thought I'm that just... would be it would have been funny
2: have they ever done uh, a reveal where one luchador pretends to be another luchador, so it's a mask rip-off to reveal just a different mask? <laughs> I don't know, but I hope so. Because that, that amuses me.
1: <laughs> hey, man, I was trying to get uh, Darby to ha- wear a Darby mask. and then... I
2: guess kind of the problem is the crowd. Unless it's Rey Mysterio's mask, <laughs> the crowd isn't going to go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, that's a little tough. But yeah. Okay, uh, then I guess there are actually three of these in a way. Only two of them are videos. But we have uh, Tony backstage giving Sheeta the trophy for winning 50 matches. Nyla and Vicky interrupt. And Nyla reminds her that they're going to be wrestling next in the TBS tournament. But not next, like on this show, which was kind of confusing. But next in the tournament. Uh, Then we got the Inner Circle in-ring. This was the part where they were going to pick the American Top Team members. American Top Team interrupted. Dane Lambert gave them an open contract. He runs down their whole crew. They got two Bellator guys who were undefeated in Bellator to match up with uh, Jake Hager. Uh, They start out, the inner circle starts out by picking Junior Dos Santos and Andre Arlovsky. Uh, Jake Hager calls Junior Dos Santos Popeye and somehow sounds racist doing it. I'm not really sure how that (laughs) that happened, but I was like, uh, was that racist? not sure. Um uh, Lambert is mad about uh what Jericho said about Paige Van Zant uh last time around. So her husband is there and he wants to get in this match. Uh but Paige takes the mic and says she wants to be in the match. She's free on uh whatever day Full Gear is. Obviously I don't know cuz uh fuck that up uh with travel plans. Uh so she wants to be in the match, but the big swerve is that the inner circle picks Dan Lambert as the fifth guy
2: in the match. Got him. Got his ass. Got his ass. Big time. Look what he got himself into. Yeah. um, You know, this was pretty hot. (laughs) Dan Lambert gets great reactions now, and him reacting to his reactions is a delight to me, him getting mad and frothing and and hopping around and stuff. Um, So, yeah, that was all good. And you know, now the baby faces are gonna get their comeuppance on the guy who all the heat is really on Dan Lambert instead of, you know, uh fifth string MMA guy. So yeah.
1: Yes, that's good. I mean, basically there were some rough parts in this whole build and even in this segment, but it gets where you want it to get, and Lambert gets good reactions. I'm generally in favor of the story generally. I said generally twice in that sentence. Uh my only Thing about it, and somebody mentioned this in the Discord, is that like Paige Van Zant is the babyface <laughs> in the story. <laughs> like, there's like this whole weird dynamic between her and Jericho. That's like I don't know, creepy, and you kind of want to see, like, uh, I want to see Paige Van Zant like beat up Chris Jericho. Is well, really like what I want to see.
2: Well, sure. Yes, I mean that that I want to see Paige Van Zandt do more. Yes. Um, but you know Jericho made his name being a misogynistic babyface that's his whole career, right uh so I don't it it doesn't make him the heel really uh if I have a complaint about this, it's that he didn't actually write a misogynistic babyface joke here. Paige van Zant set up the joke and it's like hey i will take on all five of you and Chris Jericho did not have a joke he said there's a joke there. And that was, like, there's, he just didn't deliver in the spot. So that was the problem. I mean, would it have been problematic and offensive? Yes, probably. Um, so should he not have done it? Probably. But why set it up and then not do it? <laughs> the,
1: the thing about being problematic and offensive is if you are legitimately funny with, with whatever
2: you say that is problematic and offensive— you can usually get by with it. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, he's a little, you know, he's like, except for, you know, whenever he does anything, there's a million tweets about him being at the Capitol riots or whatever. Sure. Um, but he's kind of Teflon beyond that, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> donated all this money to Trump and his little shithead, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He would have been able to get away with it. Yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent.
1: I don't, they, they should have a Page Fans amp match at this pay-per-view. I mean, she already said she's free, you know, for the show. Uh, I'd like to see her in the ring.
2: She should fight Cody, and he can finally job to a boxer. <laughs> they
1: should just—I mean, not to be not to be Mike or me on previous shows, but they just set up a trios match or something where you know she can be hidden a little bit and
0: have some fun, or just I, let I, her punch Jericho in the face. I mean, come uh, on. yeah, that's fine too.
1: I just—I—I yeah. I feel like we're gonna see Paige VanZant wrestle. It feels like that's coming, so that's exciting. All right, uh, they did the the part here with uh, Bats L and Moriarty and Dante and LBO Leo. Uh, looks like that's going to lead to a tag match. Jamie Hayter and Anna J. Jamie won with a short-arm Lariat after some Brit interference. Uh, then we had the post-match beatdown, tie saves, Rosa saves. Okay, friend of mine, Rob, uh, I was talking on Light this morning, like the Thunder Rosa thing is weird to me. The whole TBS thing is weird to me because the obvious match is Rosa versus Brit. So how do you get there if Rosa wins this tournament? And uh, my friend Rob texts me and he says, well, you have Jamie, uh, Britt helps. So Rosa wins the tournament. Britt helps Jamie Hayter beat Rosa for the title. You got a little gimmick where they have both of the titles for some period of time, you know, Jamie and Britt. That's fun. And Rosa can flip to going after Britt for the uh, AW women's title because she's pissed about this whole thing where Britt helped Jamie beat Rosa. So I, I thought that is an interesting idea if you still want to... If you still want Rosa to win the tournament and
0: have a match with Britt for the title. Any thoughts? It makes sense with me. I mean, it does seem like that... like. With Rosa in the tournament, if she wins it, like as we were saying before, but getting her eliminated, especially in this manner, especially the the fact that when we're talking about this on light, like, yeah, no, this is the Thunder Rosa region, so the winner got the face, Uh, so Jimmy Hayer's facing her in the next round. It lines up. It makes sense to me.
1: Uh, We had Jade Cargill, Smart Mark, Sterling backstage. They don't care who wins in the Bunny versus Red Velvet match. Uh, Jade says it's going to be short and sweet regardless. Just like Red Velvet, short and sweet. She does the
0: little cooking gimmick. She stirs it up, Aaron. Come on. Yeah. Cake, Red Velvet cake.
2: Yeah. She's yeah. also short.
0: Yeah. That's the gimmick. Yeah. She stirs it up. She's straight from her mama's kitchen. That's right. Oh, she
2: stirs it up. I didn't know what you said. Yeah. I was, that... uh, I was like, what?
0: <laughs> <She's thirsty. laughs> she it... It what? No, no, stirs, stirs it up? No, stirs it up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: MJF Darby thing was here. Uh, Andrade versus Cody. Andrade won with El Idolo after FTR interference, post match attack. Arn and Tully, Lucha Bros come out. Uh, John Silver is in the ring with Tony. This was definitely thrown on to this show yep. uh, to to fill some time, uh, but it was good. So he said "Great." It's not John Silver versus Adam Cole. It's John Silver versus Budge. He's mad that Adam Cole won't take his advice, so he's going to kick some Budge ass.
2: Says the first time in a long time i feel like we've had a bte storyline come to television so uh if you've been listening to the patreon and you know i don't know <laughs> a year and a half of me fucking recapping bte for no reason <laughs> they finally paid off here with this 30 second john silver promo <laughs> um a a a sloppy budge sign perfectly framed in the background with the crowd uh i thought i mean, this, this is John Silver. This is pure, unadulterated John Silver. Uh, and he brings the energy, and he brings John Silver every time. Uh, and I thought it was great to hype this matchup for John Silver versus Budge. Because uh, the guy still, he, he's, got a, he's got something. Yeah. He's got that special something that's just unequivocally and, and is nobody else's but his. Uh, and the crowd likes it, because how can you not?
0: Yeah, I mean, Budge is over budges over the crowd that they were not synced up with john silver on the budge but that means right. we got two budges back to back so yeah no really was oh we need to have something here because of plans but it rocked and you know uh, tony Schiavone at the same time was kind of looking like what am i doing here which made it even better
2: it was weird tony Schiavone did not want to say kick adam cole's ass even though they swear on this show constantly and like Five minutes. I don't know. Later, he called uh, MJF a shithead <laughs> on mic. So it's like, okay, you don't want to say ass, but you'll just call him a shithead.
1: Okay. Did we ever find out if Tony said fuck on TV last week? Because it really, it really felt like he did.
2: I what? Was I on the show last week? Yeah, I was. I don't remember this. Yeah. So. I forget
1: exactly what it was, but there was definitely a moment where it was like, did he just say fuck? And I'm pretty sure he did, but nobody ever mentioned it. So I don't know. I guess nobody even remembers
2: it now. So you Did not ping me at Maybe all. Maybe
1: I made it up. There was a Bunny Red Velvet hype video. Uh, Brian Danielson came out for commentary for the main event. And uh, Miro defeated Orange Cassidy with Game Over. Brian and Miro faced off. Brian tried to shake
0: hands
2: with him. Miro declined. Pretty great table spot in this match.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. This match rocked. Like, this was... Yeah, it was a great match. um, Like, Miro should win the tournament now. Like, he comes in here, and I'm stoked to see now the American Dragon versus Miro. You know, like, we've seen that a lot in WWE, but now we get to see this now at full gear with like this new like, like aspect Brian Danielson taking it back to 2006. And I think that these two guys will have like really awesome match on full gear. It actually might, might now be my most anticipated match on the show.
2: Actually not sure. We, I think uh DJ Hawk said they've never had a singles match. Really? I thought they did. Let me
0: go on cage match. Okay.
2: Okay, they did Money in the Bank qualifying, uh, SmackDown Live. I think they've had one.
1: Wow, TJ Hawk. Come on, bud.
2: You're going
1: to too many Nets games lately.
2: Why don't you focus (laughs) on
1: on wrestling, on cage match?
2: I mean, entirely possible that I'm just misremembering and somebody else brought it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, let's bury TJ. Okay. (laughs) All right, uh that was Dynamite. If you like our show, as I said earlier, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash everythingelite. Uh Nate recaps BTE every week for some reason for the last year and a half, as he just told us.
2: <laughs> yeah. No idea why.
1: <laughs> why do we do anything, Nate? Uh Mike and I preview Dynamite. We talk about dark and elevation and road two. Over there, every Wednesday morning, that's where Nate also does his BTE recaps. We do a Rampage review show each weekend called World Tour. Uh, And this month is a big month because, of course, it's full gear month. So we break out lots of stuff uh, for the pay-per-views. We'll do a retrospective talking about last year's full gear. We'll do a preview of this year's full gear. We'll do an instant reaction immediately after full gear. We'll be talking about uh, presumably uh, Adam Page's big world championship win. So that should be exciting. So it's full gear month. Great time to subscribe. So sign up. There's three levels. It's all, you know, it's spelled out there on the on the page. The $5 level in the middle gets you all the audio. Uh, the $8 level gets you the live weekly show. So we record these every Wednesday night after Dynamite. You can listen live and get the YouTube replay uh, for the rest of your fucking life. Anytime you want to go listen to it, it'll be there. So, And we have a Discord. So join that. Uh, that's all at patreon.com slash Elite rampage this weekend which uh mike and i will be talking about on world tour this weekend has it's in st louis it's live and we're gonna have a cm punk eddie kingston face to face bunny versus red velvet and the battle of the budge john silver versus adam cole presumably one more match but hasn't been announced
0: Yeah, I hey, I I think it's gonna <laughs> okay. be interesting to see what they do for that. I mean, since now they're <laughs> sorry, is it... well, we had a pause there, and it got to a point where I felt no, like not, I needed nothing
2: to... to say. I mean, we, we yeah matches nobody, fine. Just, nobody cares about
0: uh, about
1: rampage. So I uh, I mean we we
0: just talked about the Battle of the budge. We did. Yeah,
1: you're right. What what is there to say? We've talked about everything else too. Basically, uh, just a reminder before we get out of here that uh, this and our next show will be our last two shows on the VOW Network. So if you subscribe to the VOW Network feed, you're going to need to pop over to our individual feed and subscribe to that to keep getting our shows after the next two. So the the show immediately after Full Gear is going to be the first one you can only get on our individual feed. So make sure you're signed up for that. Uh, I'll keep reminding you for the next couple of weeks. So uh, don't worry.
2: This is going to be like when, uh, when Raw went to TNN and USA kept trying to bleep out their references to going off <laughs> USA network. Like, check us out next week on Teeth. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a lot like that, folks.
1: So if that was bleeped out, uh, you know, check our Twitter. The links in the bio. Oh, there you go. Links in bio as usual. And subscribe to our YouTube, because we're gonna be putting more stuff up there. So check it out. Um Find us on Twitter at Everything AEW. I'm at Aaron Like The Car. It's at Apitisus. Mike's at Fuji hey, uh, uh Subscribe very much, a lot. Rate and review <laughs> patreon.com slash Everything Elite, mybookie.com, promo code Elite.
2: Uh, yeah, have you been waiting to leave us a nice uh, Apple Podcast, iTunes review? This would be a great time to do it on our specific feed, or actually, even better, wait two weeks and then leave us a nice five star review on our specific feed about. How we're nice, cute, sweet boys who do such a nice job uh, talking about everybody's favorite wrestling promotion, and how you know we're infallible and everything we say is lovable and correct, and you know uh, you trust us with your lives. That'd be a great time to do it. Uh, you know, just so you know, we don't evaporate into the ether when we leave the VW network. Make sure you say we're
1: cute. That's probably the most important part of that. Five stars and cute. All right, everybody agrees. Okay, for Mike, for Nate. We're cute, and I'm Aaron. See you next week.